podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi there and welcome everybody who's watching, tuning in live for the Wednesday warm-up edition of the This Is Ibrooks podcast. As always, I have two fantastic guests on with me. Um, somebody who I've been looking forward to being back on the podcast for a long, long time. It's really good to be back on with you, Andrew. How are you doing? Very well indeed. It's, uh, it's been a while. It's been a while, Kyle, um, especially since you and I were together. Um, <laughs> it's always good the evening after it was a positive result. Let's face it, it was a positive result. Um Usual Rangers took the long road to get there, but we'll get into that. But it's always good to come on the night after something like that. That's it. And and just uh, as an aside, I'll always remember that uh, podcast pre-Seville, like the day before it, when it was you and I that was on it. That was one of the best podcasts I've ever, ever been on. So there you go. Um, uh, Setting the standards there, Ross, but but how are you? It's good to have you back on and be on a podcast with yourself. You 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 just listen to let the listeners in behind the scenes. You described this as a a Scott Wright like substitution. I think you were doing yourself a bit of disservice there. Definitely, a wee bit of criticism I think for the sub, but you know, Tarver's in big moments. Scott Wright has in that Scottish Cup final, hasn't he? So <laughs> it's a, definitely a Scott Wright substitution. No, I, I think uh, I don't think I could be matched in your your assessment of Andy there and then I'm coming in I'm just a sideshow I think tonight but no I'm I'm happy to be here uh, it's a pleasure to be back on that's it we'll grow those locks out and hopefully you'll put in a Cantwell like uh, performance tonight there we go um, but look as always there's loads to talk about we've got the uh, game against Servette where Rangers uh, managed to get to the next stage of Champions League qualification in Switzerland and Geneva with a 1-1 draw we'll talk all about that first half um, we'll talk what the guys think changed in the second half. We'll touch on the goals. Um, there's lots of individual performances that I think we're all keen to to get talking about. Some good, some not so good from last night, as it seems to already be the running theme of this season. Uh, we all know we've we've got the, the next leg against PSV Eindhoven, which is going to be another tasty tie. We'll get the guys' thoughts on that. Obviously, a reunion with, with Malik Tillman on the cards, who... It really breaks my heart to see it. Um, Rangers have been linked with uh, England Youth International Ronnie Edwards from Peterborough and the game against Morton in the Scottish uh, League Cup or uh, in the rear half twelve kickoff at Ibrox on Saturday. Um, look, I'll, I'll I'll start with you first, Andy. Everybody who's regular viewer of of the Wednesday warm up, and if you're not. Um, Everybody knows that I like to do a wee on this day just for something different. So, Andy, I'll come to you first. On this day, Rangers defeated Aberdeen 3-2 away in Pataudry. You know I always love talking about defeating Aberdeen in this podcast. Uh, but the scorers were Ronald De Boer, Michael Moles and Mikel Arteta. Um, I think there was a wee off the pitch incident with, with Fernando Rickson, but we'll, we'll maybe go over that one. But what was your memories of, of, of this game? Uh, Rangers just coming off of our treble winning season the season before. I'll be honest with you, Kyle, I can't really remember the game. I think I was on holiday. Um, I do remember um, I do remember the goals. I had a wee kind of re- research there when you, when you tell me this was, this was going to be mine. Um, I'm with you, eh, Kyle. There's nothing better than beating Aberdeen and Pataudry. Um It's fantastic. I've been up there a couple of times with Rangers. Not always made it home. On the same day, um, there was once it was actually a three day. Ended up as a three day, but I was in my early twenties. I was single, so it was um, it was acceptable to an extent. 
when it comes to this game, you've got three goal scorers there, Deborah Arteta and Michael Moles. I mean, you could wax lyrical for hours about the three of them. Um, looking back at YouTube, when you, when you told me this was going to be my on the day, Michael Ball, I love oh. Michael Ball. I, used to, I sit in the enclosure at Ibrox, as you know, and um, so you can see the, the left backs and all their glory in the first half. It's, it's always fantastic. I always like Michael Ball. And what a dead ball he hit. Um, right off the crossbar, Ronald De Boer first to react, header. And then the next two goals, it was, okay, Arteta scored the first one, then Moles. But they both involved the, the Michael Moles turn, synonymous with Michael Moles. Um, fantastic player. You could sit here all night and wax lyrical about Michael Moles um, and Mikel Arteta and Ronald De Boer. You, you really, really could. Um, you're right, there was a, a bit of a on-the-pitch incident with Fernando Rickson, but the less said about that, the better, I think. Um, yeah. The guy and the gentleman involved. So, no, it's not one I distinctly remember. I don't think it was in the country. I think I probably watched it on the TV, but always good to get one over Aberdeen at Pataudry's, as you well know, Kyle. Yeah, that that's it, exactly. As, as long as you weren't watching that one from a from a hot tub somewhere, like you said on that. Now, this is going back a wee bit on the... Um... Oh, that was, um, that was Hibs when I was in Dominican Republic. That's the one. I uh, smashed, I. <laughs> <laughs> you were smashed and Hibs got smashed, so it was yeah. like... <laughs> right, Ross. Um, you've got a, a, a relatively recent one there. Um, for, for your on this day, uh, and it's something that's really relevant and something that we'll certainly come back to talk about a wee bit later on in the podcast. But um, Rangers uh, drew two-two with PS Vindhoven at Ibrooks with Antonio Cholak scoring first goal for Rangers, and then a bit of a, a, a howler from their goalkeeper, a forty-yard free kick from uh, Tom Lawrence. Um, what was your what was your memories of of, of that game? Well, I'm glad I got this one uh, because my memory is shocking. So I, I'm glad I was asked this one. Yeah, I, I remember that night. Ibrooks being a really tight game. Uh, I think PSV really showed their level that night, and we had to match it. To be honest with you, it was one of those kind of back and forth kind of games. I think we were quite lucky that night to get out with two all. If I remember, PSV were really good in the first half. Um, I also remember that Antonio Cholak goal being a really, really fantastic goal. I think it's good play between James Tavernier and Stephen Davis. It's a, it's a typical Stephen Davis kind of splitting pass, gets Tavernier in, cuts the ball back, and it's a really good finish from Antonio Cholak. And that's something we've seen uh, over the season that we he was here with us. He, he did have that in his locker. So, yeah, a really, a really good night. I was actually, the atmosphere was really good that night. I think the fans were right up for it and knew they were playing against a really good team. Mm-hmm. And you know, kept the tie alive, uh, and that's really what you want in that stage of the the playoff rounds for the Champions League. We might see something similar this coming Tuesday, where where Rangers are trying to keep the tie alive to go over to to the Netherlands. So yeah, really good memories. Kyle came off the the back of a, a great season before. So in terms of Europe, so yeah, really good, really good one to remember for me. Yeah, let, let's hope it's um, repeated this season again, but uh, we'll, we'll find out in a few weeks, though, I suppose. Uh, I know I see there's a lot of comments already um, coming in um, about about some of the new signings and, and how they'll get through this tie, but for me, I, th- I think that tie was a lot of muscle memory from our players just because they were so used to just churning out results in Europe the, the season before. I think that's why we partly got over the, the line with that one, but I agree it was a fantastic game, fantastic atmosphere, and, and one of the few games that... I normally finish my work quite late on a, a, a Tuesday evening. I think I arrived in my seat just as the Champions League music was was finishing, which was extra extra sweet. But um, look, Andy, I'll come to you first. We'll begin uh, by talking about last night's uh, draw over in Geneva. 
<clears throat> not vintage Rangers by any stretch of the imagination, but it's all about the result. Our very own JB was over there watching it live from, from the stands. So just a wee shout out to JB and hope you're you're travelling uh, home safely and that <laughs> your wallet didn't take too much of a, a dent in it. But... Um, I said Michael Beale was keen to point out post-match that any result uh, away from home at any level in Europe is decent, but apart from the occasional foray into the, the opposition box in that first hand, uh, half Andy, sorry, I thought we were pretty dire. Yeah, that's that's putting it quite mildly. Um, dire. Started off okay. Must admit, started off okay. Um, first five ten minutes, I thought we were, we were okay. It was quite apparent early on. I thought, and Michael Beale referenced it in his, his post-match comments, we weren't high enough up the pitch. Now, there's somebody in the the WhatsApp chat for us. I think it might be Gav. who's always shouting and bawling about bodies in the box, and that's a running theme in our WhatsApp group, you know. And it's a running theme last night. Whenever we did venture up the park, I just thought we were. We were short up there, if you know what I mean. It was probably the wrong system to, to start off with. Um, there was no intensity, really. There was no penetration. Found it hard to get on the to get up the park with any kind of menace, if you like. Cantwell, I thought was trying. I thought he was trying. Um, we'll get into individual performances shortly. I'm, I'm sure. But the, the ability that boy's got to get out of a tight situation and find a pass is, is out of this world. Happened a couple of times in the first half. Wasn't enough. Um, we'll get into Jack Butland, I'm quite sure, who kept us in the game 15 yeah. minutes in, whatever it was, you know, and it's very, very like Rangers to have reasonable pressure early on, like we did, and then go and concede a, a sloppy goal, that would be classed, classed as, and then the, the, the sloppy goal obviously came and they end up, so no, to summarise, the first half was was dire, absolutely dire, second half picked up a wee bit, we'll get into that. Um, I was expecting to come out the traps, get the game killed, Probably should have been killed the second 45 at Ibrox the previous week. Wasn't to be. Um, so very disappointed with the first half first half performance, Kyle, yes. Yeah, and Ross, just to just to pick up where, where Andy sort of um left off on there, where where do you think the the sort of why was that first half so difficult for Rangers? I mean, basically what I'm trying to get at is I know I've said it like a few times in pre-season. I felt were too narrow. Did you feel that was part of the reason in the first half? Do you just think some of the players weren't adjusting to being in their first away game in Europe for Rangers? What was it? Well, I agree with overall the kind of sentiment around the team being too narrow at times. I think we've seen that against Kilmarnock in the opening day of the season. I think we've seen it against Servette last week, especially in that second half where we're trying to rough, rush things through the middle of the park and it was just breaking down completely. It wasn't what I felt the problem was first half last night. I thought defensively in the first half last night, we were a shambles. I mean, just not being able to deal with Really, really simple tactics, really, from Servette. The whole idea from Servette was to be intense, get the ball forward as quickly as possible and play off second balls, and we just don't, did not react to it one bit. Uh, there's a lot of individual errors in there as well. I think James Tavenier gave the ball away in the first 15, 20 minutes with three or four times in dangerous areas as well. Ball running under his foot, passes going out of play. I just thought we were all over the place in that aspect when it comes to the back four. And if you're playing in Europe, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter what team you're playing against. You need a solid base to go from. Uh, and if team you're playing against teams of that quality, if you give them anything in terms of defensive leakages, essentially, they will capitalise on it. And we've seen that last night with Servet. I mean, we'll probably come on to the goal, so I won't touch on it too much. But it, it really is just down to poor defending, losing concentration, 
not been aware of who's around you uh, and really just dealing with the ball uh, at its source, you know, it's a great finish, but you can deal with it a lot earlier on in that move. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for me, I think I think the first half last night was just because we were so shaky defensively. You can't build forward if everyone behind you is, is having a nightmare. I think uh, Nicholas Raskan and Todd Campbell tried their best. I think Sifuentes showed moments as well in that first half, mm-hmm. but we just didn't have enough of a base to really go forward. Um, and I did see some bright sparks from the forward players in the first half, but just not enough to capitalise on when everyone behind them was having an absolute nightmare. So, yeah, for me, it just came down to to defensive problems in that first half last okay. night, Kyle. Yeah, totally agree with what you've said there. Uh, there's a wee comment coming up here, Andy. I hate to be the one to, to ask you about this, but we've got to talk about it because it was a major moment in, in that first half. And it's uh, King Rec here says, the single biggest issue is the sitters. We won't keep missing them. Um, Rec, I would be worried if we didn't create the chances. Yeah, I kind of agree with both of those sentiments. But, I mean... <sighs> That was a shocker last night, I've got to say. I mean, I've, I've got every confidence that Danilo will go on to be a, a, a fantastic player for Rangers, but that was a real, real bad miss yesterday. And again, I don't know if it's just a case of him getting up to speed. Trying to put a positive spin on it, what a ball it was in from Sifuentes, by the way, um, to Craig Chinmate the weekend uh, there, because, or the, Cervet, the, the previous tie, I should say, because I think I said it was in no man's land, but it's that he put that ball right into the corridor of uncertainty. Um, but Danilo's got, got to be scoring that, doesn't he, Andy? It's, it's got to it's got to go in and you can fling as many cliches at the YouTube channel as you want. That It's good to be making these chances and, and they will come. They've got They've got to come. It's Rangers, we, we don't have time to let it come. We've already dropped three points at the start of the season because, OK, not so many missed, missed chances wasn't the problem at Kilmarnock. And we'll not go back over that. Um, mm. But when these chances come, away from home in Europe, they, they must hit the net. It's, it's as simple as that. They, they must go in. You took the the, the easy way out there and, and described the ball in by C. Fentes as brilliant. That's the only positive spin you can have on it. It was a fantastic ball and I've got high hopes for him. I've got, I really have got high hopes for him. I found myself today debating the Danilo, Dessers, Lammers, the chances of the Gora. I, I think that's normal for a, a Glasgow-based club when, when we get some new signings in, especially wholesale new signings like this. Um, then you can fling the old cliche at it. Once we click, come on, we, we need to click quicker than this. You know what I mean? And, and I know I'm not wanting. I'm not wanting too much. I'm not expecting too much of going above reality here. Professional players can click quicker than this. I think um, that's that's got to go in. We're very fortunate that we can discuss the fact that that should have went in whilst progressing to the next round. Very fortunate. Um, yeah. Had we not, I think my opinion in Danilo might be a wee bit worse than yours, Kyle. <laughs> that's that and King Rick comes back and here says uh, he has God in the side so we'll get there <laughs> which is it's hard hard to disagree with seeing the amount of uh, since Fashion Zakala's left he's certainly picked up the mantle for uh, the um, the Bible quotes on, on his Twitter um, if it helps him then long may it continue um, Ross I, again I hate to stay in the first half for too long but I think there's only one last thing I'll talk about in terms of that first half in, in positives for Rangers and that was Jack Butland, um, there was a huge save around 15 minutes uh, and he had another couple of good saves throughout the game. Okay, I think Rangers over the piece deserved to win the tie. I think we created the better chances, but Jack Butland was was huge last night when he was called upon. Yeah, an unbelievable save, to be honest with you. Um, 
again, comes from a really, really poor bit of defending from Rangers. Goldson's completely sucked into the ball. Uh, and one of the things you don't want to do as a centre-back is get pulled out like that and leave the space. Um, the midfielder does really well to run into it, gets away from Tavernier, which I think we've seen a few times this season from plenty of players. And Jack Butland does so well. I mean, he's down early. He gets a really strong hand as well. He's got to react pretty quick. Um, yeah, really, really impressed by Jack Butland again last night. He was definitely not part of the defence that I was talking about earlier in terms of being shaky. Jack Butland's the opposite. I have a lot of confidence in Jack Butland. Um, I have confidence he's going to make the saves when required. And I have a lot of confidence when he's got the ball at his feet. You know, he doesn't look someone that is particularly phased by it. You know, sometimes his passes may be a wee bit wayward, but I don't have that same sense of kind of panic that I've had the last couple of years when it comes to the goalkeeper playing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've been really impressed by him. Kyle, he's probably the, the, the signing of the summer so far because he came in and, and just done what mm-hmm. he's supposed to do, really. He's just came in, really, you know, shored up that, that, that goalkeeping position, which we've been looking for for a long time. So... Can't be understated how big a save that was, you know. And I think we all felt the same thing last night. That's McGregor-esque. That is what Alan McGregor's done for us all over the years when we've been under pressure in Europe. He's pulled out a save that you sit back at the end of the game and go, that's absolutely remarkable how he's done that. And that was one of them last night. Um, yeah. <laughs> probably don't want to compare Alan McGregor, Jack Bolton to Alan McGregor for the rest of time. He should be his own player. But it was one of those moments last night where you really felt that that's huge. Um, mm-hmm. And that gives the that gives the support a lot of confidence in him because there will be an element of the sport that thinks can we ever find a goalkeeper like that again that pulled off those remarkable saves like Al McGregor did, um, and Jack Butland's pulled off one of them last night. So let's hope it continues. And he's had a really really good start to his Rangers career. Yeah, agreed. Uh, RFC seventy two here says Jack Butland proved a lot of doubters wrong last night, including me. And do you know what? I'm in the exact same camp as that because I was a bit unsure with Jack Butland uh, and some of the glimpses that we'd seen him in. Uh, and King Wreck again here says that one handed save was a peach. It, it, it really, really was. But and I'm going to stick with you and, and talk about Butland just a wee bit more because it's something I didn't actually think he had it in his game, but. I really loved watching him absolutely giving pelters to that back four at times. He's not afraid to to give stick to Tav. He's not afraid to give stick to Goldson or, or Suter. Um, maybe not so much Barisic. I didn't actually see him going going too crazy at Barisic, but it's it's really positive from a from a Rangers perspective to see a keeper a keeper marshalling his defence like that. Of course, it is. Um, I was on the same as you, Kyla. I wondered how he got on up here, you know, and. He actually said it himself one of his first interviews prior to the season starting. He's got massive gloves to fill when you think of the Rangers goalkeepers of the past. And he's right. He's certainly going the, the right way about it. And to see him, as you say, marshalling the defence and giving his opinion, giving them a rollicking really is, is what you want, you know. Yeah. What I liked as well, I think it might have been Kilmarnock or was it Ibrox last week. He's off his line quick. I noticed that it was in the first half of the first game, I think it may have been, or was it even pre-season. He was out at the 18-yard line collecting a ball. Instantly, yeah. it's as if he's read the minds of every Rangers fan saying, Just we want a goalkeeper to come off their line, command their box. He seems to be doing it. Um, I can't talk highly enough of him. He probably is thus far. Ross is hitting the nail in the, in the head. The signing of the summer so far, okay, we're only three or four games deep. Fine, I, I, I understand that. But when you see what he's done uh, last night, included, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. The goal that we did concede last night, absolutely nothing to do with him. Um, and I've got every confidence in him. I really, really have. Last year, um, I can't remember who it was, somebody in the pod asked me, would I be happy to go with McCrory? Such was the way McCrory f- finished the season. Probably, mm-hmm. yes. I think I said yes. Um, I would have been. 
after seeing what this boy can do the first few games, delighted with him, absolutely delighted, and it's um, it's great to see him out there commanding, shouting. You mentioned Barisic. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I think he had much to say to Barisic last night. To be brutally honest <laughs> with you, um, yeah. the back four were poor. Barisic wasn't as he wasn't the main one at fault for that at all. Um, I'm sure there will be times in the next 38 games that Ibrox are, are away from home where he will give his opinion to Borna Barisic, as will we all. Um, but no, it's very refreshing to see. Shortstopper, off his line, loud. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I said, it, it, it was just weird, as I said, because I'm so used to just seeing McGregor. I'm, I was convinced, like, in his last couple of years at Rangers, that he was just shouting at Barisic just for the sake of it sometimes. Um <laughs> And and there just <laughs> was nothing. But there's a there's a few interesting comments coming in here. Uh, Paul McGarrigo says McGregor would have been proud of Butland's save last night. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and there's a really interesting comment from uh, Blue Nose John, uh, the Frankfurt loyal hello in Germany. Uh, but he says Butland is new captain material. That that's very very interesting. I think I put a tweet out a couple of days saying that I could see John Suter if he stays fit being a future Rangers captain. But yeah, I think if. I mean, okay, it's very early days, but um, yeah, there's potential for Butland there. Um, right, Ross, I'll come to the next sort of action point of the, the, the second half before we delve into what changed. Um, but it was the goal that Rangers scored that came five minutes in. And I, I know our group chat, there was uh, some comments about Tav, some comments about Barisic. I, as we just established, I actually thought he had a, an all right game, but... How many times have we seen this in Europe? The ball out to Borna Barisic and fantastic cross. There's not a doubt in my mind that he is not seeking to have out at the back post here when he takes time, composes it, composes himself. It's a fantastic ball. And despite Tav, I think, having a, a bit of a poor game last night, he's there again when it matters. Yeah, I, I think with all the limitations you have with Borna Barisic at the moment in terms of you know his physicality and things, one thing that can't be doubted is his technique with crossing a football. It's it's unbelievable, really. He he's always relatively close to his target. You know, sometimes it doesn't make it. Maybe he drifts a bit wide. But last night's one of those ones where you know straight away as soon as he put it in, it, it's likely to hit a target. You know, it, you're, it's not necessarily going to go in the back of the net, but you knew it was a good one. Uh, and we've seen that from Tavernier over the years, drifting in at the back post, ensuring that he's not marked, and you know he gets his head on it and he. And that is that is Tavernier. It just, I think it pairs, pair, perfectly sums up James Tavernier. To be honest with you, I, I thought he was woeful in the first half. Like really, probably one of the worst performances I've seen from James Tavernier in the last few years. Um, I think he's had a few, but that one was. I mean, he just couldn't get going at all. You could see it from his body language. He was actually getting frustrated with himself because he just couldn't get himself into the game. But I did think he came out in the second half and responded to it. I thought he was actually okay in the second half he re- and he responded well. And to get that goal probably gave him all the confidence to go on. And yet we've seen that over the years from Tavernier. He scores crucial goals for us. There's always a debate around James Tavernier, whether he's the, whether he's a captain for Rangers, whether we should see someone else come in at right back. Dujon Stellan's the one at the moment where people are pushing to see it. He's always going to have criticisms, James Tavernier, and you can sit either side of the fence. But what can't be doubted is how crucial he can be in big moments for Rangers and he's done that over the years and I think he'll continue to do it until someone moves him out of that position I just think I have a, I have a lot of time for James Tavernier I know a lot of people don't um, but I just think that goal last night just summed him up perfectly and, and I really enjoyed it because I think it shows a bit of character to come back from that first half where you've had such a poor game up until that point but you've came back and and you've made that moment count 
you've scored a really important goal for your club. So, yeah, I, I'm going to continue to really enjoy seeing a, a Borna cross to a Tavernier finish or a Tavernier cross to a Borna finish. You know, as long as they can keep doing that, that's perfect. I think there is doubts about the fullbacks this season and the width and everything involved in that. But last night was, yeah, it was a really good moment to enjoy. And, and we've seen that over the years, haven't we? And it, it's, it looks like it's going to continue this season, hopefully. Yeah, that's I. Th- I just could not believe, uh, as I said, that yeah, again in Europe it was Bonabarzic to Tav that they ended up getting us through. To I mean, they, how many times have they got five million pound goals for us? So um, yeah. yeah, there you go. It was a, it was a fantastic finish. Um, Snaky Bear here says the old team saved the game again. I'm not sure if he's talking about you there, Andy, but like um, in terms of coming in and saving saving this podcast. But um, yeah, what what was your thoughts on on um, especially Tav last night? There's loads of comments. Maybe chuck this in here uh, as a wee aside, but there's loads of comments on people saying that everybody bar Tav should be captain since we since we talked about that, that since I brought the Butland comment up you know if I'd Suter, Raskin, Cantwell uh, I mean I don't want to go too deep into it but what's what's your thoughts on on, on this conversation that's uh, evolving in the in the comments so far? It's so tough it's, it's such a tough one um, I'm with Ross I like him I, I like him he's, the things he's done for Rangers it's, it's, it's fantastic, you know. I mean, try to count back when Ross was speaking there. I was trying to count back the amount of back post goals we got in the run to Seville. Just, just, I, mean, I can't remember how many goals he scored. He was the top goal scorer. Okay, a couple of penalties in there, obviously. Um, but the amount of times he popped up at the back post, semi-final included, um, you know. So I, I don't know. I don't go down this line stripping with the captain said I don't understand what that's going to achieve I don't get stripping with the captain said drop him I don't get what that's that's going to achieve I think it's quite clear to see he's he's lost a bit of pace that's always going to happen he's getting older that's that's absolutely fine and he didn't cover himself in glory last night first half more more than the second um but to pop up with as you said Kyle a five million pound goal and it was the old guard it was the old guard again it was a Bonabarisic cross tavernier header if he's going to put me through the ringer for 80 minutes every game, but pop up with goals when it matters, is it worth it? Yes, because it, we've all said it before. I don't care how we play as long as we get the result. That only happens when you're not playing too well. When you're playing really well, you want to start seeing better football as well. Is Taft capable of that anymore? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably not to the extent he has been. He's never going to be as effective as he was two or three seasons ago. That's just That's just normal. Interesting to see what he does with the back three and back four thing going forward. I think that's twice now he's brought Sterling on, went to a back three. People yep. were discussing, yourselves included, about the width and playing too narrow. I totally agree, by the way. Does playing a back three and pushing Borna and Tav further up give you width? Gives you width, but not the width you're looking for, really, in my opinion. You're just looking for width from a right foot or a left foot cross then. That's not the width I'd be looking for anyway. So to answer your question, I don't know. Kyle, I really don't know where, <laughs> where I drop on Tav. I certainly don't think stripping him of the captaincy or dropping him at this stage would benefit yeah. Rangers at all. At all. Yeah. Um, there's big games coming up, starting, tu- starting fr- uh, Saturday afternoon, of course, and then Tuesday coming, more importantly, probably. Mm. You, you can't leave James Tavernier out of the team. You, you just can't. And if you were to go out and buy a, a right-back at £12 million tomorrow, would they start mm. above Tav? Probably not yet. Probably not yet. He's so effective for Rangers, so... Don't strip him of the captaincy. Keep playing him. Yes, we'll all have a, for goodness sake, Tav in us every game, I'm quite sure, possibly more than one. <laughs> um, but as it stands, as it's, as we speak right now, the night after he, he scores us the goal, he 
gets to play PSV in the playoff, no, he stays where he is. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a fair comment, and I, I and I totally agree with with what you said. I think it would be harsh um, uh, to to do anything with the captaincy with uh, Tav. But Ross, look, I'll come on to you in terms of the next wee point of of the game, and it's it's really straightforward one. What was it that changed in that second half? Um, because it, we were like a very different team. We were more pressing, more attacking. We seemed to win more duels. We created more chances. Um, what, what did Michael Beale tweak to, to make us so successful in that second half? I think there was a couple of things. I think Servette ran out of, of steam a wee bit. I think they gave a lot to that first half because they felt they were in the ascendancy. They felt we were under a lot of pressure and they were potentially trying to take the tie away from us in that first half. And I think they put a lot into it and they just couldn't match that second half. <laughs> I felt what we done when we came out was actually took our time, took an extra touch of the ball when we had possession and started to calm down and pass the ball around. There were certain moments in the first half where Savet were trying to press us really high and we played out really well, but we just didn't have that kind of cutting edge, that final ball in the final third. I think we started to get more of that last night. Did we Did we score enough from it? No, obviously not. But I think we just started to retain possession a lot more. We were dealing with Servet in terms of pressing us and that kind of tactic from them of being intense and going long and trying to produce turnovers just wasn't happening for them. I, I think Rangers just done really well to take the sting out of the game last night when Tavernier scored. Um, really started to frustrate Servette. You've seen that when when, when the throw-ins weren't getting given for them or corners and things. You could see the real frustration from the Servette players to the referee. Mm-hmm. So I think they just managed the game better, to be honest with you. I didn't really think the substitutions last night made that much of an impact, if I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think Dessers and Lammers done that well when they came on. So yeah. I wasn't really looking at it and thinking, well, he's made significant changes here. He's brought these players on. I think he's just asked the team to respond in that second half and take their time with possession. There's, I think that's something we have seen from this Rangers team so far. I think there's a few players in there, the new players especially, that are trying a wee bit too hard. They're trying to make an impression early. And listen, I understand that you're just in a new club. There's a lot of pressure, 50,000 eyebrows every week watching you. You want to stand out. You want to make an impression early. But I just think last night, it was that. It was very much take your time in possession, take an extra touch of the ball, try and find your man. You had uh, Raskan and Cantwell that were everywhere last night that we had options in midfield. So, yeah, I think it was very much from Michael Beale at halftime. Just... Take your time. Servet are, are not going to have the same intensity in the second half. Let's get control of the game like we did at Ibrox. Let's take the sting out of the tie. And I think they've done that really well last night. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Adamski152 steps in here. He says, agree with Ross. They backed up. There, somebody agrees with you, Ross. There you go. Um, I can't believe back- it. <laughs> I know. that's a, a bung there that's been sent uh, they backed off a bit and we got a bit more control second half watching back we were relatively untroubled after we scored until injury time which yeah really hard to disagree with what you've said there Adamski um, I also thought the the positional sense of um, um, Sifuentes and, and Raskin I felt they were maybe sat a wee bit wider that second half just just blocking the channels and Andy I want to get your thoughts on, on, on the two guys that I've just mentioned there um, I mean I think I, I'm already to say it, I'm already fully in love with Jose Cifuentes I think he is going to be a fantastic football player for Rangers and something we'll maybe come on to, to talk about later on but I think that decision to bring Nico Raskin in six months earlier um, rather than just sign him in a pre-contract and get him in a free is, is really starting to play pay dividends as well but those two players were and especially 
in that second half were were really really good. Yep, yep. I said it at the time when we brought Raskin in, it was it was worth doing that early if it benefits us this season. It looks to be as if it is. He's fantastic, isn't he? What a I can't help it. I can't be the only one either. Um, whenever you see him getting a tackle or winning or, or retaking the ball back, you think, uh, still game, I'll retrieve that. And it happened countless times last night. It's just, just the way he is. He's, he's a, a wee hardy bugger. It's what he is, you know. He's he's, he's sometimes not even second favourite and he wins the ball. You know, he's, he's fantastic. The energy on the engine on him is, fin- is outstanding. It's outstanding. Um, really looking forward to seeing how he progresses with us and how long he stays with us if he keeps putting performances like that in. If he keeps doing that, especially if we get to the Champions League level and he's on the in the shop window every Tuesday or Wednesday night, um, he may not be here for long, such as his quality. See, Fuentes, I'm very excited about Kyle. We touched on earlier on about his ball in for Danilo's howler, we'll call it. Um, really excited to see how he progresses as well. Looks, looks okay yeah. so far. Didn't look overly... Fit, if you know what I mean, he kind of struggled after 70, 60, 70 minutes last night. You see them going down with cramp, etc., etc. That'll all come. It's a different pace in Scotland. He'll, he'll get used to that. I'm quite sure his vision is fantastic. Um, so no, very excited to see him. But I'm you're all aboard the seafood train. I'm all aboard the Raskin train. I love the wee guy. Love him. Aboard the Raskin train, I'm driving it as well, man. I love him. Um, okay, well, I, can, I, can I just jump in on Raskin there um, in terms of Andy? I agree with everything Andy said. Um, yeah. This is just something worth floating out there, and I'm interested to see if people in the chat agree with us. See, playing where he was last night, that kind of number eight, and he's not playing as a base, I think you get so much more out of Raskin. I, I think that's where he needs to play now. Does that give us a problem in terms of domestic games? Because it looks like Bill wants to play him as that base. I understand why I'm not criticising the decision, but I think you limit Nicholas Raskin if you play him as the number six in our team. I think he offers so much more. That last night, getting around the park, intercepting balls, really looking to drive forward at any opportunity, that's that's the player I want to see every single week. And I think the best performances we've seen from Raskin so far is in that role. So I think that's something that it might not be a priority this transfer window, but I think that is something that Rangers should look at. They should look at another number six to let him play one forward. Again, brings another conundrum. How do you fit in Sifuente, Raskan, Caldwell on that same midfield, right? I get it. But just purely from his individual skill set, that is where he should be playing. I think he just gives us so much more there. Um, And he really should be the first name in the team sheet if he's going to play in that role. So... I'm just interested to see what you both think on that because I think you play him as that base. I think you limit him, honestly. I think you just get so much more out of him if you play him one further forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think there was a lot, lots of comments about Ryan Jack last night being anonymous and, and not doing anything, but I, I felt that that was the sacrifice that he had to make to allow uh, Raskan, oh, I've done it, I've bloody done it. I, you've made me say it there, Ross, Raskan, eh? Um, Raskan and... What's his name? What's his <laughs> name? <laughs> Raskin and, and Sifuentes like as I said it, it, for me that that's the thing I, I love what I've not it's been a long time since I've been I've seen a player do that just win a ball and just go forward from the center of the pitch it, it's such a rare skill and it's, see if that final ball can just be tweaked 
I, I, we've got a real, real player in our hands. And and if, if he's so tenacious, that's the word I would use about him winning the ball back. I think it was Paul McGarrigal put a comment, and you said something similar there, Andy. He's got that he's got that wee hard man mentality, and it's just that it's my ball. What are you doing with it? Um, type thing. And you can see why the, the Stanley Age fans were, were were calling him the pit bull. So yeah, I think it's you know take my hat off to the. To, to Michael Beale in terms of getting that one in uh, six months ago because I think we'd have been frustrated uh, if he was another one that was on uh, had recently come in but um, look the, the next um, talking point here I, I want to go on to uh, Andy is uh, and again, I don't want to be too negative about this podcast because we did get to the next stage of Champions League qualification. But again, got to mention it, 60 minutes, Slammers and Dessers came on for, for the aforementioned Danilo and Sima. Um, I thought Lamas was terrible last night. Um, I thought we got to see glimpses of Dessers as well. I thought it was really unfortunate just not to hit the post, but there was another chance in there, ball in the box. Um, I think on the BBC they said that you know it was it was unlucky, but for me, he should have been getting that on target. What's your thoughts on on these guys and just the 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 strikers in general? Because there seems to be a lot of angst. Imagine that angst amongst the Rangers fans about our strike force. Aye, there is. There's definitely some angst um, amongst about the strikers. You're replacing Sakala, Morelos, Kent, Tillman, effectively with Dessers, Lammers, Danilo. I'm missing somebody. There's that many. Yeah. Um, and, and they've not... We all wanted to see these, these boys hit the ground running. And when we say hit the ground running, we mean scoring two, three, four goals against Livingston, two against Kilmarnock, and, and wiping away Servette um, in, the, in the, kind of, the first round of the Champions League. It was never going to happen. When you wholesale change a team like that, there's going to be players that struggle, take a while to come up to pace. And I said it myself at the start of the podcast there, to click. Um, that that all said, you are expecting to see a bit more than perhaps we are. Now, I like Lammers. I really, really do. Um, and I think it may be down to something as shallow as he reminds me of Jelovic. You know, he's got these big, long, lanky legs and he seems to bring the ball in. Sometimes, eh, okay, but they're... they're for want of a, a better cliche, they're going to have to start scoring. They're going to have to start linking up and scoring and doing more than they currently are. Dessers last night has to get that at least on target. He was unlucky when he hit the post. I thought the keeper got a wee touch on it. The Lammers chance, it's kind of snapshot, wasn't it? It was never really going to hit the top corner, that one. Um, when there's wholesale changes in the front line, which there has been, and you're asking probably two, possibly one uh, midfielder, a new midfielder, sorry, to help them out. It's always going to be a, a kind of project, if you like. We don't have time for a project at Rangers. <laughs> these, players, these players will be enough to get past your average teams in Scotland. I'm quite sure of it. Will it be enough for PSV? We'll see. We'll discuss that. Um, I'd like to see them doing more. I've seen some comments on Twitter last night about Dessers, and I, I don't think they're wholly fair, saying that he looks like he's running through quicksand, etc., etc. Et I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. He's obviously a a quality player, he's yet to find it for Rangers. I, th- I think he will. I think he will. Is that my heart rule in my head? Possibly. Um, but we have to give him a wee bit more time and see. And I think it's, we'll get on to this as well, I'm sure. The Morton game coming up on Saturday afternoon may just be the time where you go all guns blazing, the, the full starting 11 and get a bit of confidence there, you know, because strikers need confidence. They need confidence and they only get that by hitting the back of the net. These are all cliches. Absolute cliches here, but but it's true. It doesn't because the cliche doesn't mean it's untrue. Yeah, um, and I think that that will be the case come Saturday afternoon. I hope Lammers 
um, sorts it out a wee bit because right now he's not doing much for me, but I do like him. Yeah, I think I, I think a lot of people were getting caught up in a bit of hysteria last night. For me, like he's been pretty good every other game that he's played. I don't know what the hell was going on. I don't know if it was coming off the bench, but he just he couldn't do anything. Like there was a comment in there that his, his first touch, every touch that he had was so bad he just could not control anything. But listen, we all get those days at our work where just nothing happens. Um, Scott 5 with a really interesting comment he says you can see Dessers is clever with his turns and touches will, will improve uh, when up to match fitness totally agree um, as I said I, I think it's a and Kendall Matthews here Phil Podder says end of September before we will be at our best which is too sensible for this podcast Kendall but yeah to- totally agree with you on that one but I think people need to remember when you're looking at Raskin and and Cantwell, they were brought in six months ago and it was about eight, ten games before we actually saw the best of them. So hopefully it's not, it's not another five games to go um, before we we see that. But just a, a, a wee bit of um, patience, I think, is required on, on those players. Um, one one last new player that I'd like to talk about, Ross, before we, we get on to facing PSV and, and Morton is... Dujon Sterling, and I hate to open that can of worms back up again about, about that right back, but he's really, really impressed me so far. You were at that press conference uh, way back when uh, in pre-season where you saw him speaking, and I remember you messaging me saying, oh, listen, by the way, this guy's got something about him. And I think it was that line that's, I don't care what anybody else is here to do. Like, I do my defending first, and last night it was another really good cameo appearance from him in a, in a back three, won everything as far as I can remember. Yeah, I think the thing I took from that that press conference that day was that he was coming into play. It very much wasn't uh, he wasn't signing here to to be the understudy to Tavernier. He was coming here to play. Now that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to remove James Tavernier from the team, but it was it was very much I'm playing. It doesn't matter, but I'm playing. So <laughs> I like the way he spoke that day. Uh, I think all the new signings that day spoke really well. Him and Jack Button uh, in particular were really good that day. This whole back three thing is quite interesting. Uh, I think I mentioned it on the, the post-match with, with Tommy after the Livingston game on Saturday because we did change that back three again with Dujon Sterling and he done really well that day as well. Um, we bit different to last night. We had a lot of the ball still against Livingston, so Tavernier was kind of drifting inside and Dujon Sterling was providing the width. So slightly different to what we've seen last night. I thought he done really, really well last night, though, on that right-hand side. I think we spoke about this earlier. Uh, wins a lot of aerial duels, which is something that's really important for yeah. someone playing in that role. And he, and he just looks quite settled completely. I think you can tell that he's he's played at a pretty good level down south and he's came through a really elite academy, Chelsea's academy. He just looks ready to, to step up. So, look, I've been really impressed with him. He's someone that I think is going to push his way into this team. Where that is, I'm not sure. Michael Beale spoke about it in several press conferences now about the back three and that we should expect to see the back three at certain points. I, I'm st- I'm still not sure when he's going to start with it. It could be a European game. You know, we'll maybe see it away from home. And if we make it to the group stage, you might, or even PSV, I suppose, away from home, you might see us go to a back three. Uh, I'm not sure it's something that's going to fit with us domestic games as of yet. But Dujon Sterling is certainly someone I'd like to see get an opportunity at this moment. I'm, I'm still not convinced he comes in ahead of James Tavernier, as, as mm-hmm. Andy touched upon earlier. I think Tavernier has to play. Um, but he's certainly got a profile that I really like. And, you know, remember, he got injured through preseason. So he's he's well behind everyone else here. He's at least two or three weeks behind everyone else. But it doesn't look like that every time he comes on. Um, so I'm really encouraged by him, Kyle. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him a lot more. 
Yeah, agreed. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'll be stunned if all three of us ha- don't have him in our, our team lineup for for the weekend. But we'll we'll come to that later on. But there's a couple of comments in here. Pete Lawrence says uh, Sterling looks solid. It will be a Smith style tactic, I reckon. Uh, he'd have, have him at right back, and Ben Davis reinvented at left back. That would be in solid defensive line. Yeah, very Walter Smith playing <laughs> playing players out of out of position. And Luke Gibson here uh, with a slightly more pessimistic view on it. He says Dujon Sterling, unfortunately will never get the opportunity no matter what happens um right that's a, a large part of the pod we've, we've talked about the game but rightly so as we we've progressed to the to the next stage of of champions league qualification into the final round of that obviously everybody knows it's brilliant rangers have a guaranteed uh, banked five million and i think we will drop down into the europa league um even in a worst case scenario with this but andy it's um PSV, they've been pretty, what will we say, braggadocious on, on the old social media in terms of being out there looking for revenge, looking, you know, they seem right up for this tie. And obviously it's the return of of Malik Tillman. Um, what's your thoughts on this tie? And, and, and as Michael Beale said yesterday, there's nothing not to love about this game. There's not. It's, it's, it's very intriguing, very, very intriguing. Um, you have to remember how angry they were at losing. The, the tie last year, they, they were massive favourites and they were furious that they, that they lost it to us. Um, they played well at Ibrox, I thought, first half especially. Um, we rode it well. Tom Lawrence, ridiculously long free kick. It was a porn wet night, if I remember correctly, through the goalkeeper's hands. Yeah. And then, as, as Ross touched on at the start of the podcast, Kolak's wonder goal. It's a fantastic move, fantastic goal. Um, listen, they're going to be massive favourites. Of course they are. We are discussing getting through a servette tie. They've just hammered Sturmgrass 7-2, 7-3, whatever it was, over the, the course of two legs. You don't do that easily. It's as simple as yeah. that. They're going to be the massive favourites. Um, last year, I didn't feel quite as, I don't want to say down is the word, because it's it's probably not uh, apprehensive, I suppose, maybe about the, the, the next tie. That's probably off the back of it. It was only two months after Seville. And mm-hmm. we were used to going to Ibrox on a Thursday evening and just wiping people aside, you know, um, and then watching it on the telly for the, for the away legs, doing maybe not similar, but certainly being steadfast. Um, I'm quite worried about the tie, to be honest with you. Interesting you mentioned there that if we go out to, to PSV Eindhoven, we drop to Europa League Pot 1, I believe, with yeah. 5 million in our hip. So <laughs> if you put my head in the vice right now, and say, where, where do I think we'll end up? I think it will be Europa League. I, I think this may be a step too far for this team at the moment. Um, possibly too early for us. Now, I, I'm, I'm just after saying there that we should click early and, and blah, blah, blah. When it comes to playing PSV Eindhoven, you have to be really at your at your best, you know, I think, to compete with us. I'm not saying we won't compete, and there is every chance we'll go out there and do them. As it stands at the moment, I just think we're going to fall a wee bit short at the moment with the, with the form. Um, form's not great, pace isn't great, striker's not scoring, it doesn't bode well getting into a two-legged tie for Champions League qualifications, does it, especially against PC, PSV Eindhoven. Time will tell, and I'll go to Ibrox on, on Tuesday evening, um, supporters all day long. As it stands right now, I'm quite apprehensive. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a fair summary of where, where a lot of Rangers fans are at with it as i said it's so rare especially you see a team on social media saying looking for revenge but you know that's the type of stuff as a as a football player you must feed off of that and that must drive you and, and motivate you to do well um 
Ross, how do you feel about the whole tie? And there's a wee comment here. Luke Gibson says, heard Singari linked with Bayern, fingers crossed. I, I saw earlier on there was, uh, I can't even remember the name of the guy that was linked to be his replacement, but I would love it if, if he was away by then because he was a guy that really, I think he scored at Ibrox in that game. So he was a guy that really stood out. But what's your whole thoughts on, on this tie and, and are you looking forward to it? I'm certainly looking forward to it. I think it'll be a great game again. I think it'll be two great games. Uh, I think we'll raise our level because we need to, to be honest with you. And if we don't, we'll get absolutely battered. So I'd imagine the, the team will really raise our level for this one. PSV have a lot of very good players at the moment. Um, I think Bakioko in the wing, he's flying. I think he's linked with Everton. And Ibrahim Sangari last year was unbelievable in that first game at Ibrox. I mean, he strolled it. I think, there was, I think I spoke about this at the time. There was one point where he was being pressed and he just flicked it up and flicked it over someone's head. I can't remember who it was. It may have been Tom Lawrence. I think at that point, that's where you're like, oh, wow, he's a bit of a player. So, look, they're littered with good players. They're obviously playing well. I think they've started the season well as well. And the, the Malachi Omen part of it is just, it just makes the whole thing even more interesting. I think it just, I think this is why we all love football because there's wee storylines involved and everything. Do you know what I mean? He's part of that team last year he sets up the goal to put PSV out one year later he's playing for PSV and he's coming back to Ibrox to put us out it's just very similar to Antonio Trollac with Malmo and Rangers and things like that so there's all these storylines that makes the game really exciting I think for the neutral it'll be such a good game to watch Uh, but look I'm looking forward to it I think we've heard this all before uh, Andy's talked about cliches tonight and I very much agree with it you need to beat good teams to get to the Champions League right You're, you're not we're not in the, the Champions League, uh, sorry, the Champions route, as it says, you know, it used to be in Scotland. If you if you won your league, you're in the Champions route and you play against easier teams, really, because you're playing against champions of countries, right? And you would play against lower-ranked countries in there. This route we're in is very, very tough. Um, it, you're going to have to be your best to get to the Champions League. That's what it's all about. So, Look, I think we've got the squad to definitely cause PSV problems. I think the thing for me at the moment is we just don't look very good defensively. We look a bit shaky, especially last night. I think we looked that in both games against Servette, which worries me because if I'm honest, I could come on here and say, you know, Servette were such a great team and we done really well to get through that type. Servette were pretty poor, really. I don't, yeah. I didn't think they had a lot of quality. Uh, I've seen a lot better European teams come up against us in the past, so and, and not causes anywhere near as much problems as Servette did in the last two games. So I think that's the worry for me going into it. But look, I think Rangers have another game this weekend. It's another opportunity to get some of the new guys some more minutes, get them gelled together even more. And look, we just got to go into this tie. That's it. Go for it, you know, and and, and try and cause a bit of damage at, uh, at Ibrooks to take over to the Netherlands because I think it will be a very 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 tough game over there. Yeah, I, I thought you were about to break into an eight-mile style rap there about um, being your last chance and not blowing it there. But um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Games like this, I absolutely love. See, see when there's games when there's elements, you know, outside of 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 the actual Champions League qualification, with with Malik Tillman returning, uh, which I, I, I mean, I, it's been well documented on this podcast. I, I loved Malik Tillman; thought he was a great player for us last season. But something that I saw in every single podcast I was on was he does not show up in the big games. If this isn't the definition of a big game, I don't know what is. Hopefully, that'll be something that that we as Rangers fans can. 
can get behind it. It'll be interesting to see the reaction. And something that I absolutely did not think of before was Pete Lawrence chucked it in. He said um might be Danilo and Dessa's moment, though, being ex-Feyenoord players. So there's a bit of extra motivation in there. I, I, I'm sure that Sam Lammers came up through the through the um, Feyenoord um, youth system. Or was it was it PSV, Ross? He was at PSV. Or he was, was at PSV, so, yeah. But even at that, when, when I... Surely, if you're a football player, if a team said to you, uh, "You're yeah. not good enough to play for us," you've got that motivation to to really to really stick it to them. So, yeah, look, it's it's going to be a fantastic game, home and away. Um, Ross, I'm going to stick with you in this next wee point here. Um, it'd be remiss of me not to talk about it, but Rangers are linked with 20 year old Ronnie Edwards, a player that's played in under 20s World Cup with England, West Brom, and uh, sorry, West Ham and Bournemouth both been linked with him. I think West Ham had a had an eight million pound um or bid rejected for him last year like i said i'm not expecting you to know an awful lot about the player i think he's only had four games for for peterborough or something like that but it's just this is the type of player that i was expecting us to be linked with a lot more under bill's tenureship some of the young english from the championship what's your thoughts on the fact that we've been linked with a center half this young well, I think we need a centre half. So I think we're going to continue to be linked with any centre halves until until the window closes. You're at that point now where you're getting to the, the latter stages of the transfer window. So the options are not going to be as, as many as you had early on in the window. So it wouldn't surprise me if Rangers bring in a centre back that maybe people aren't aware of or you're not really sure of the link there and things like that. This one for me seems a wee bit unrealistic because of that that figure you quoted last summer, you know, if you're turning down an 8 million bid, I understand it's a year on, his contract's one year less, but I think he still has two years left, so Peterborough are not going to sell him on the cheap. I can't see this one happening, I'll be honest with you. Now, what I will say is Rangers have surprised me this summer because I was on this podcast and said, there's no way we'll sign Dessers and Danilo. It'll cost way too much. So, look, I could be wrong, uh, but it comes across to me as one that probably won't happen. I, I, I don't... In terms of the player himself, I like the profile. I don't know a lot about him. I'll be honest, I could come on here and pretend mm. I've, I've researched them all, but I haven't. I don't really know a lot about him. But in terms of that profile, I agree with what you said. I did expect more links like this because of Michael Beale, his experience in the Championship last year. Clearly has a good understanding of that league and that market. So, look, it doesn't surprise me with the link, um, but I just I don't think that's going to be one we go for, Kyle, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a few comments coming in here. Um, Luke Gibson says, Edwards is very highly rated, will most likely go for a big fee in a few years, which is exactly the type of things you want to be hearing. Um, as a Rangers supporter, RFC72 said they got relegated, he's asked out, and supposedly Peterborough can't demand a big fee for him. So, listen, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I see the, the Harry Suter links seem to, seem to have died with this one, but I'm sure at the next press conference we're at, somebody will ask him about this. Um, and, and if he says oh, there might be something in it, then we'll probably not link with him. If he says there's definitely nothing in it, then we'll probably see him through the doors at Ibrooks in, in, in a couple of weeks. But um, Andy, look, I'll, I'll just come on to the the sort of final talking point of the, the podcast with yourself, and that is we have a, a game against Morton in the Scottish League Cup um, at the weekend. Again, it's a half-twelve kickoff. Just don't don't make the same mistake I did and just assume it was a free kickoff. Just make sure you get there for, for half-twelve. But um, what do is this a cup that, that Bill's expected to win, or is that a stupid question because every Rangers manager is expected to win every single cup? Aye, it's a stupid question. <laughs> right, next question. Possibly the most ridiculous question I've ever been asked on the podcast, Kyle. 
Are Rangers expected to win the League Cup? No. <laughs> um, yes, I think it's important, Kyle. I think it's important to win, to win, especially to give a good account of yourself and it starts with Morton, obviously. What Morton does on Saturday, I think, Kyle, is it gives us the chance to get some confidence, if you like. Mm-hmm. I've seen things again on social media today talking about who could come in and and whatnot, and we'll probably get on to our teams um, as, it, as it comes in. I would like to see Sterling have a, a, a 90 minutes right back to see how he gets on. The boy's here to play football. Um, yeah. This could be his, his way in. The commenter who you put up on the screen not long ago there is probably correct. He's never going to be the Rangers starting right back at present. There may be place, as Ross said, in the back three for him there if we go that way. Could even be as early as a week in, week in Wednesday, uh, two weeks tonight. So so that, that may well happen. I'd like to see him. Would I drop Butland for my... Not drop. Rest Butland for McCrory? Probably. Probably I think he's done enough to, to warrant that. Um, I'd like to see Dowell in the midfield for 90 minutes. Um, mm. Really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Well, we know what he can do. I'd like to see more of it. And I think it's quite important to start with the strongest front three we can. Now, I know... We've all discussed here, Ross, mainly about PSV upcoming next Tuesday. And it's important to get into that game with a decent rest and no injuries, of course. But it's worth the risk, in my opinion. Get the big boys up there, get the goals in, get them firing, get them clicking. That said, will Morton make it easy? Probably not. There will be two banks of five. But then it's it's like a training game, if you like, with all due respect to Morton. It's you've got to play through that, you know, and that, that could create confidence as well. So it's an interesting one. Um and I'm one I'm very looking forward to. I'm managing to go with my friend and, and his kids. So it's always good to see that. I always like seeing the, the early on League Cup games, especially when you're drawn at home and it's a, a Saturday afternoon, you know, you can see all the first timers going, you know, taking their kids for the first time. I think that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Nothing better than seeing that in the stands at Ibrox. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing that on, on Saturday. But as the game stands, I'd like to see you start with the strongest 11 we can, albeit with McCrory for Butland. Um, Sterling for Tavernier and Dow in that midfield. Dow, Dow, Raskin. You'll need to come back to me on my team. Actually, I need to give that some more thought. But I'd like to see <laughs> Dow for ninety minutes. I'd like to see Dow for just to see what he can do. As I say, we know what he can do. I'd like to see more of it. But yes, in answer to your question, I think it's important that Rangers win the League Cup. Listen, I, I totally agree with you there. It's, the thing about it is, I, it's, I could see your face when that question came out of my mouth, and then I was like. Why am I asking that? Obviously, we're in the league cup. Like, but yeah, we should 100%. And, and I, for what it's worth, this is a, a trophy that I fully, fully, fully expect Michael Beale to go out and, and win this season along along with the league um, and, and the Scottish Cup. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how that progresses. But um, Andy gave us a, a, a bit of a team there, Ross. So I'll give him some more time so he can he can come back to us and give us the, the rest of his team there. But what what do you think the, the lineup will be against against um Morton at the weekend. Yeah, so it's funny when Andy was going through his his reply there, I was thinking, I think I'm going to get asked my team here, so I better start thinking about this. It's too <laughs> early in the week for me to be thinking about a Morton t- a team to play Morton Tail. But uh, if I had to go off the top of my head, I I agree a lot with what Andy's saying there, and I think you will see quite a few of the the big players play, especially in the attacking line. Uh, but I do think it is an opportunity for Michael Beale to get some minutes and some legs that people that haven't really seen a lot, you know, Dujon Sterling, I think will play John Lundstrom, I think will play Yanis Hadji will play these guys that have really not seen a lot in the last few weeks, I think will come in. Um, I think if the the level of opposition 
with all due respect to Morton, I think it was a, it was slightly higher. You were maybe playing an SPFL side, you might see a stronger eleven. But I think this will Michael Beale will take this as an opportunity to to try and you know bleed some new players into the mm-hmm. into this team. So uh, I think I would go with McCrory and goals. Dujon Sterling right back, Balogun. I think Leon King will come in mm-hmm. uh, and get some minutes this game. I think Borna will start a left back because I'm not convinced Redvan will be ready to start the game. I think he'll come on in the second half. My midfield, I think, will be Lundstrom, Hadji and Dill. Yep. And I think he'll go with Matondo, Dessers and Lammers as the three. I think Dessers and Lammers will come in for this one because they didn't start midweek at Servette. So that that that's my team. Uh, as it stands, Kyle, will that maybe change as the week goes? Probably. But that's my team right now. I think I think you'll see some rotation. Yeah, totally agree with you there. I think we will see a few a few players that, that started last night um being rotated out the squad, Sifuentes and stuff like that, for example. But Andy, I'll come on to you. This seems to be the the discussion again that's that's in the comments, and it's whether or not I, I mean I'll, I'll level with you when I when I was writing my team down, my, my front sort of Three, four, whatever you want to call it. I had right Haji Matondo, but I, I put Zach Lovelace up front. That'll come as no surprise to to anybody. But I think we'll certainly see him feature in the game. Maybe not start, but people in the comments are saying um, that. So take Scott O five, for example. Dennis and Danilo should start to get some goal scoring form and confidence, even sixty minute max. Do you think that that's what we will see? Do you think we'll see like a really strong lineup going out there uh, rather than <laughs> my Zach Lovelace, right Matondo front three? I, I do actually. I, I really do. Obviously, it's the, it's the manager's job. This, but he's got to marry that with energy levels ready for for Tuesday coming. Um, but I think he will. I think you'll see this as an opportunity to go out there, get some. Uh, minutes and legs, get some goals, hopefully, start hitting the net. And there's nothing brings confidence more than strikers hitting the net. So I think he will start with the big boys and then perhaps change it. Perhaps to Zach Lovelace, I don't see him starting. Um, but my team's very, very similar to Rossi's, although I would like to see see Fuentes get another another game under his belt. A um, couple of reasons, really. Just he's, he is the, new, the newest one, if you like. And I thought he toiled last night, late on. Um, with Crampton, etc., etc. So I'd like to see him get another kind of run out from the start. But I think it will be a game for the big boys up front, get the goals, and then listen, see if you are two, three, four up. If we are ever gone, Michael Bill likes to do some stuff on there, Mark, anyway, then change it up for, for, all, for all you want, you know. But I'd like to see the, the big boys get a start, yes. Also because um, it's my friend's son's first game, and he'll want to see him as well. <laughs> that's it exactly and look just before we go I know it's a bit early I know we've not had the Michael Beale press conference but I think it'll be myself and Craig from Saturday giving you all the post-match reaction so I'll get a wee a couple of score predictions off you guys and everybody watching you and you can let us know in the comments what your score predictions are and I'll, I'll bring them up so Ross I'll, I'll start with you what what do you think the the score will be against Morton uh, at the weekend uh, I'll go 3-0 Kyle, I think you'll see Dessers and Lammers get some goals behind them. But yeah, I'll go 3-0. Yeah, and Andy, do you think similar to that? Yeah, I was thinking 4 before even Ross said the 3. I was thinking 4 now. yep. Um, I'd like to see that, obviously, get them get some goals. But I'd like to see, perhaps, a Zach Lovelace come on or if Hadji starts, you know, get him a, a wee goal as well. Yeah, it's I not a podcast, Kyle, without you, you know, trying to get Zach Lovelace in this Rangers team. 
It, Absolutely it, not. You can't go through any podcast and <laughs> you champion it to see Zach Lovelace up front for Rangers. My my <laughs> checklist is complete. I've mentioned being on a train with a player. I've mentioned Zach Lovelace. The only thing I've not mentioned is Doc Waller, but I've done it now, so that's the podcast complete. You've also reminded all the Rangers fans watching that it's quite important to win the League Cup. That's an yeah. important aspect of being Rangers. You know, yes, that's always important. <laughs> that's it, exactly. But listen, a couple of the guys here, um, Paul McGarrigal says prediction 4-5-0. Uh, Robert Robertson says 3-0. Kendall Matthews says somebody will get a doing 6-0. Um, so yeah, Scott 5 again, very optimistic saying, saying 6-0. And, and yeah, I'm going to say very similar to that. I, I think it'll be a, a high-scoring game against Morton, hopefully, and and bonus if we get Dessers, Lammers, Danilo and all that stuff scoring just to get the... I know they've all scored, but just to get the ball rolling a wee bit more. But listen, I just want to say thank you to my two fantastic guests. So thank you very much tonight, Ross. Yeah, thanks, Hill. Enjoyed it. Um, good to be back on. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Pleasure having you. And Andy, it's been absolutely fantastic as always being back on with you, big man. Love it. Love a Wednesday night with you, Kev. Always anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's it but listen thank you to everybody out there watching listening remember we're available on apple spotify podcasts you like and subscribe if you haven't done already i've seen a few new guys in the comments there so always good to have you on we're back bringing you post-match reaction from the gantry a bit earlier than normal which will be nice we might get up the the road at a respectable time but thanks as always everybody for tuning in and watching and we will see you all again soon Podcast Network.